I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Welcome back to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast with Sean Bowles. I'm excited today. This is going to be a good day because we have Rick Joyner on who leads a movement called Morningstar Ministries. Rick is brilliant. He's a brilliant thinker. He's a strategist. He's studied everything from wars to you know the best speeches in history to theology to all these different things. He's one of the most studied people I've ever met. Just has an Ivy League mindset for sure. Like a just, you know, he would have multiple PhDs if he ever did it through school. But I love Rick because he's going to share today about prophetic history. I'm going to ask him a lot of questions about their history because they've had epic faith to believe for things like properties and resources for, you know, different things in nations. They've done a lot of relief and different disasters. They've done on a high level, not a low level, but a high level. They've done all kinds of trainings for people to be able to go in to areas that are, you know, devastated and actually have impact. And they've also done a lot of worldwide missions in some very hard places. But here in America, they were promised and prophesied to by different prophetic figures that took them on a journey that was completely off course from where they were at and not off course in a bad way, but in a good way. And I think, you know, a lot of times I say this, a picture is worth a thousand words and it's one person's life picture can be like a thousand sermons to you, well, especially those of you believing for God to resource the vision that's in your life. We should be believing that he's going to speak in epic ways to experience an epic life. That's just that's just part of how he works. Like he'll encounter you in some epic ways so you can have an epic life. So I'm excited about the interview today and I know you will be too. Stay tuned for Rick Joyner. Hey, you're listening to Exploring the Prophetic and this week we have Rick Joyner on and uh, you know, Rick, I just so appreciate who you are and every time we have any conversations, one of the things I love is that you're so researched and studied and when I, I remember I brought my interns to you years ago. I think it was like 15, 13 years ago. I don't know. I brought a group of interns to you. And you start to talk about college speeches and how you'd been studying like these these incredible speeches in history. And so we all went out and bought speech books and started to And we learned so much. <laughs> it was like so crazy. But wow, to good. keep up with you, like on like any of your trains of thought, I've talked to you about weather because you're an expert in weather. I've talked to you about so many different things. But what I love about that is that it brings so much credibility when you say I have an encounter with God. It's so well thought through and on a relational level, on a theological level, on a character level. I love it. But thank you for being on the show today. Well, good to talk to you, Sean. Good to be on your show. <laughs> well, we're exploring the prophetic and you had an encounter last week and I'd love to talk to you about it. Well, I, I had several, but one of them that I felt like was prophetic, I was uh, just asking the Lord about you know, what's he about to do? What's he going to do in the, the country? I was especially praying for the Awaken the Dawn yeah. uh, thing going on in Washington. And I had this joy come on me, a supernatural joy. Now, I've had it before. It would last an hour or so, and it was, but this was way more than I've ever felt before. And wow. it was so heavy. It lasted all day long. I literally sat down and tried to think of things that would make me mad, <laughs> you know, and I couldn't get mad. I couldn't That's get amazing. mad at anybody. I couldn't, nothing could shake this. It was so strong, but it was deeper and richer and in every way than I've, than I think I've ever felt before. 
And I feel like, you know, the movement that came through, through, you know, Rodney Howard Brown and the Toronto, yeah. you know, the um, the blessing there, that joy, the holy laughter. I feel like we're about to get another wave. He was giving me a taste of another wave that is coming that is going to be pure joy and it's going to be deeper and richer than any of the stuff we've experienced before. Wow. But it's another level. And you know, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Wow. And this, you know, I think is going to be a, in, a, in a major way a, an incredible manifestation of the kingdom of God and lead to, you know, a real presentation of the kingdom of God, the, the gospel of the kingdom. But anyway, I, as we talked about last year, I get so many negative prophecies. Every now and then, I like to give a good one. <laughs> That's such I get a great a one. Encouraging one. It is. Yeah. So great. And I think it's interesting, too, in the contrast of, I mean, there's so much heaviness being promoted by media and from even your, your social media outlets that you'll go out there and find. I mean, my social media is probably like six out of 10 articles are so negative or, or people's responses. So there definitely would be a contrast right now if people were operating out of joy, but out of reality joy, not out of like just weirdness, but out of reality joy. Do you think, do you have a sense of where it's going to land or how it's going to break out? No, you know, um, you know, we all see in part, know in part, yeah. I don't know where or when or who, you know, I, I'm just going to run to it when it does. Yeah. And uh, like I tried to to the others, whenever God's breaking out, I want to go get into it, you I know, and receive from it. But it's this was so great. I've I've experienced it before, but never on this level, never this deep. And since then, there's been a residue. Wow! Of just this profound thing. It's like, how can you not forgive these people? How can you not? I mean, it's like, how can you not love them? How can you not? you know, see good in them when you're, when you have this kind of joy. Wow. And, uh, I want to see, reminded me of an, pardon. I was going to say, I want to see giddy, joyful Rick Joyner. I, I haven't seen you like that. And in the sense of like, I think of you as like a stable, joyful person. I don't mean that, but I would love to see you like <laughs> maybe, uh, touched by the inebriation of joy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had everybody pray for me when the last moves came through. Yeah. Nothing. I didn't get a single Holy Spirit giggle. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I'm either the hardest heart and can't be touched or reached. You know, I thought there's something really wrong with me. And when I inquired of the Lord, I said, Lord, why is I'm not getting anything here? I did take one courtesy dive, hoping <laughs> it would jump on me when I, before I hit the ground, you know, just, but awesome. it wasn't real and it didn't happen. Yeah. So then I inquired of the Lord and he just said, I'm a designated driver. Oh, <laughs> you know, that's amazing. Somebody has to stay sober here. Well, maybe now in this season, you don't have to be one. Maybe there's someone else who'd be <laughs> the designated driver. I actually didn't yeah. get hit very much either. So I'm glad to hear that because I had a season of manifestations years and years ago. And, but it wasn't like connected to the Toronto thing. And so like, I was the one who was standing all the time too. And people literally, and that not in Toronto, but in that atmosphere would, would so try to get you to manifest or something to happen for you. Cause they felt like you're missing out. And I just was like, I feel, I feel good. <laughs> I feel fine. So it's good for people to hear that side of it too. Cause sometimes people who are involved in that just get kind of a negative image. Now let's go a different direction. Tell me about, 
um, Bob Jones and Moravian Falls. Because to me, we were talking about exploring the prophetic, and you've had epic prophetic promises and epic prophetic fulfillment in your lifetime that I think is really rare in our generation. And one of them was the promise of Moravian Falls. Yeah, it was, uh, I owned a, an aviation business, and the Lord gave me a, a, a vision of a prophetic community and teaching center. And what he said was, he said, until the prophets and teachers learned to worship him together like they did at Antioch, he could not release true apost- or full apostolic authority again. Wow. He showed me this center, you know, would be a prophetic community and a teaching center. But anyway, so I had this vision for years, and then he told me to shut down the business, go back, go into ministry and, you know, all that, and, uh, and go to North Carolina. Wow. I was already building a center in Mississippi where I was at the time when the Lord said, this isn't it. <laughs> you know, I ran wow. ahead of him. It's in North Carolina. So anyway, it's, I moved, I shut down everything, moved to North Carolina. I think a month later, I, I met Mike Bickle up in, uh, can, up in Minneapolis. Okay. And he started telling me things about myself. I said, how do you know this stuff? And he said, there's this old man in Kansas City. <laughs> it's like an Old Testament seer. Now, Bob was about 40-some at the time, you know, or early so 50. Funny. I mean, he wasn't old at all yeah. compared. But uh, to Mike, he was. Mike was a 20-something, I think. <laughs> and he started telling me, he's had these dreams about you and said we would meet at this time and on. I said, I've got to meet this guy. So anyway, make long story short, he brings Bob over to North Carolina. Unbelievable. I've never met anybody like him. He was I mean, everybody we passed, it seemed, he had a word for them. And it wasn't kind that just got their attention. They would go to the ground wailing, crying. Wow, wow. You know, it was that that kind of, uh, I'd never seen anything like it. And uh, anyway, we had an awesome time. And I didn't tell him much of anything, you know, because you don't want to tell prophetic people. You want them to get it prophetically. But I, I didn't tell him about the center, this community or anything. Well, anyway, he goes back to Kansas City, and he calls me a few weeks later, and he'd had a dream. He said, you know you're not, you're going to be moving to the mountains. And that was the word the Lord had given me to go to the mountains of North Carolina. Wow. And I'd tried everywhere. I'd searched all over the mountains. Just couldn't find the place. He said, I can tell you right where it is. <laughs> so that got my attention. Yeah. He gave me the directions, unbelievable details about it. I mean, almost endless details, it seemed, he got in the stream about the specific land. But anyway, he said it was uh, surveyed strange. It was surveyed from white rocks to oak trees and all. He said it must have been the way they did it back in the 1800s or something. And then he said it's 100 miles from your driveway where you are and 40 miles from the Tennessee border. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, after I'd written as fast as I could, got all this down, I went and got Harry Bazell. We got a map out and tried to find any place that was 100 miles from us and 40 miles from Tennessee, and there were about a half dozen of them. Oh, wow. So I was going to go look at all of them, but then Tom Hess called me from Jerusalem, has a ministry, intercessory prayer ministry in Jerusalem, and he had been given some land in Moravian Falls. And he said he felt like he was supposed to give it to me, give it to you know oh to Morningstar. Gosh. 
So I said, well, tell me about it. He says, there's a place called Moravian Falls, and I'd never heard of it. And we both conjectured that it was about the Moravians somehow or had a connection. Then he started reading the deed. He said, it's got a strange deed. It's measured from white rocks to oak trees. Oh, my Lord. I said, Tom, that's our land. (laughs) You know, so he came over. He flew. He wanted to see it. I told him the whole dream that Bob had given. He wanted to see it for himself. And a bunch of people came over, actually. And um, anyway, every detail Bob had about the land, he saw where caves were, where streams were on the land, that some of that, we could didn't find out for years later because we didn't get to that part of the land. Wow. You had to clear land to get there, and you'd yeah. find the stream right where Bob said it was. And he kept talking about this cave, like a cave of Abdullam, like where David and his mighty men gathered. And we couldn't find the cave. And the first time Bob comes up there, he points, he says, the cave's right there. Oh, my gosh. I said, Bob, I've been there a lot of times. I haven't seen any cave. And then there was one of the mountain guys standing next to us. And he said, there is a cave there. He's pointing right at the mouth of a mine shaft that was used during the Civil War to mine ore, iron ore out of that mountain oh my gosh. to make cannons during the Civil War. And then anyway, it all, make a long story short, all these incredible details all of them, you know, as far as I can, I don't think a single one wasn't fulfilled perfectly, you know, or exactly I mean, as Bob had seen it. I know that it takes epic, epic uh, yeah. encounters with God for epic movements to be birthed, but that's like, I mean, this is one in the history books for how accurate and just your faith to go find it. And, and then this falls in your lap this way. And then how long did it take from that point until you developed it? Well, you know, I moved up there right away. And, uh, I mean, I, I just wanted to get up there, get a foothold, buy some land. I started buying land. Whenever it became available in the area, I would buy it. But one of the principles we learned there that often the more specific the revelation, the more high level and specific like that, it's going to be because of the difficulty of the task. Uh. It's going to be because of the opposition we met high-level opposition. Wow. One of them, you know, Bob had Satan himself had released a spirit of anger to thwart our purposes there. Oh, wow. And boy, that happened in in dramatic, unbelievable ways. I mean, it all involves so many prophetic stories and how they were fulfilled, which I just finished the book trying to tell all these stories. Oh, good. Uh, Hopefully, it'll be out in a month or two. What's it called? trying to recount them. Have you named it's it? It's called yet? a prophetic history. So good. I'm so glad you wrote that. Because even hearing the story, I'm like, I need to hear the backstory. And I've heard it actually firsthand from Bob, from you, from different people involved, but I still like it's not fresh in me. And it's so encouraging because a story helps us to see a, a map or a pathway for our own lives, even if we don't have the same level of words or fulfillment. But this is I know the story speaks volumes to the listener who are saying, This happens. Wait, I need this in my life, you know, which is so significant. But tell us, like, even some of the epic opposition you guys had. I, I remember when that season was coming because Bob was thinking about moving up there and he kept having demonic encounters whenever he'd go up and then God would break out. <laughs> you know, like, he was yeah. like, I moved, I, I moved close, but not all the way there because he would have, it was such an open heavens for him. Both good and bad things happened there for him until a lot of stuff got cleared out. But how long um, did it take from the time you were promised it until there was some fulfillment? How long did that clear out period take or that that opposition take the stand against? 
Well, it was years, and actually it's still unfolding. Wow. You know, and I do think there's a principle. Anything that happens too fast or too easily is usually insignificant. Yeah. And, you know, so it's it's been – we've got a, you know, pretty big community up there now. We've got a missions base. We've got a lot of great things up there. But it still hasn't come into its fullness of what it's supposed to be as that community and teaching center. But it's really close. You know, all I know is you got high speed internet up there finally, and I'm I'm like that's a revival in itself. <laughs> that took a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we help. I know it's uh, you know it's meant to be a place where we we tell people you know heritage is where we meet with people, but up there's where we meet with God. Yeah, and He likes it. The more you're connected to the outside and everything, sometimes it cuts down on the amount of you know, encounters we have with them. I agree. We got so excited. It was such a place of visitations and all. We moved our whole operation up there for a while and that shut everything down. Oh, wow. I knew we'd made a mistake and I had to move everything back. And uh, so, you know, we kind of keep it as a secret place as much as we can. So it's a secret between you and me and all the listeners on this show. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a big secret. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you guys got, on top of that, you guys went after the Heritage property. Was that a Bob Jones word too? I don't know that story as much. It was another bizarre, very specific word. And if we would have had any sense at all, we would have understood what he was talking about years beforehand. Wow. But uh, actually, when we got this property... I did not believe it would happen until the moment it happened. Oh, wow. I mean, 10 minutes before, I was saying, no way this is going to work. And for those who don't know, the Heritage property is the old PTL property that they had built as their headquarters that had hotels, and it used to have an amusement park on it. It had all kinds of buildings. And you guys, it's uh, in Fort Mill, uh, South Carolina, and you guys didn't know until 10 minutes before. That's amazing. Yeah, until I signed the paper, I didn't believe it. And I, to be honest with you, I didn't want it. Yeah. Now, Jim sense. Baker, when he got out of prison, first he came to our conference as soon as he came out, got out of prison, and he prophesied at that conference, God was going to give me this property. Oh, wow. I'm going, no way. I don't want it. You know, please no, Lord. And I didn't believe Jim. I just thought, you know, but it, so many people over the years had told us, but, you know, we were kind of a mission oriented. We didn't, I didn't want to run a hotel. I don't want to run a, anything like that. Yeah, but it's turned into the perfect home. I mean, we couldn't have, in our wildest dreams, we couldn't have built anything as great as this has been for us. And uh, to be honest, I didn't want it ten minutes before it happened. Wow! And as soon as it happened, you know, all kinds of you know TV cameras and all, and they were all asking me, "What are you going to do? How are you? Are you going to be able to fix this up?" And rest-? I'm going, "I don't know." Oh man! I'm the puppy that caught the train. Now what do we do? Oh man! You know, I, it was like I've got to figure this out now. Wow! Is this part of your prophetic history book too? Well, it'll be a part of volume two. Good. We need this history. Yeah, because it's such a. I mean, I remember I came right after you guys got it, probably a few months, and then I came again later when the call was based there for a while. And I remember just you know, go, you could stand on the land and go, "This is so significant. Like God's going to birth." so much out of this. And I mean, you guys do a lot of stuff that people don't think of like relief and you guys do 
crazy missions all around the world. You guys have churches. You you have so much stuff that the average person may not think of you guys for, especially the relief stuff is pretty profound. And the fact that you guys have this hotel, it's like, I remember going, wow, this is really interesting that they're going to do a hotel in the midst of this. Not, I knew the story. A few people told me afterwards, some of the prophetic journey, but like, I mean, what an impact you guys have had because of that hotel. It's changed so many lives. Yeah. I, you know, I really think there's an anointing on it because of Jim Baker. Wow. He did things that had never been done in Christianity before that I've ever been able to see in church history. Yeah. And I think there are some of the most crucial things to set the church up for the last day ministry. Wow. Or the end of the age ministry. But he he brought in people from every denomination, from anywhere that he if if he thought they had a message for the whole church, he brought them in, put them on his show. And it started this massive interchange. Yeah. You know, the cross pollination we talk about and everything. I really think it all started here. And there's still an anointing here. People come here and they're divine connections. Missions mm-hmm. are birthed and ministries and things like that. Because, you know, it's like Barnabas had to go get Paul before they could get either could get released into their own ultimate purpose. Yeah. Sometimes there's those divine connections we have to make to get it to go to the next level. And that happens here all the time. I agree. I've been to so many of your events and spoken at some of them, been to some of them and just watched that synergy of people who are totally unlikely and they become partnered in some mission or some business or something. And I love that. It's just so amazing. Well, Hey, we're at the end of our uh, podcast today, but uh, there's a lot of resources online you can get a hold of Morningstar through. They have a, a online platform for TV and media. They show their services on that as well as their conferences. They also do training schools. They do some online training. Rick has actually authored over 50 books, and they're amazing. I have all of them. I've read, I think, 48 or 49 of them for real. And The Final Quest is obviously one of his most well-known books that I would encourage you to go out and buy right away. But Rick, how can we get a hold of you or what is the current thing you'd like to point us at? Well, uh, morningstarministries.org. Uh, you can go find me on Facebook, Morningstar, or just Rick Joyner or Morningstar. You'll end up there somehow. We have a number of Facebook and other social media outlets. And uh, also get up and come here. Stuff happens around here. For sure. And, for sure. Uh, but yeah, thank you for that, Sean, and good to talk to you and appreciate what you're doing out there. You hold down the West Coast, we'll take over the East Coast. Okay? <laughs> exactly, for sure. <laughs> we'll do it. Well, thanks for being on the podcast today. And I want to encourage you who are listening, go after epic prophetic journeys, seriously. Thank you for joining us today on Exploring the Prophetic. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, and I want to encourage you to continue the conversation with us. Go to our website, www.bowlesministries.com. Also, let's continue the conversation together at our Facebook page. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. Join me next time where we explore the prophetic together.